In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So there's two kinds of scandal. The first kind we're always, we're very familiar with, that is when someone of some prominence of note uh, does something, uh, of sort of some of like a public fall from grace. Someone who sins in the public forum, and it is very, you know, disheartening to watch someone who is claimed to be a person of virtue, and it turns out that they're not. But there's a second kind of scandal, and it's a scandal I think we're going to talk, we're going to talk about today with our Scripture, is a, a truth that's so shocking that it challenges our way of thinking, so much so that we even rebel against the idea. It's hard for us to grasp this truth because it challenges everything that we may have thought or believed. And this is what's going on in this conversation that Jesus is having with scribes and Pharisees and the people within the temple precincts. He's going back and forth with them in a disputation. They're questioning who he is. They even think they know where he's from. They think he's from Nazareth. They don't know anything about the story of the nativity in Bethlehem. They think that they know him. They think they know where he's from. They look at him and all they see is a human being just like themselves. Of course, they may have heard about his miracles. They've seen the crowds. They see how many people have followed him. But even that is not enough for them to really believe in Jesus. And he says something that's so shocking to them that this is what begins the process. One of the, one of the reasons why the chief priests wanted to kill him is because he said, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is claiming that he knows Abraham and that he is truly God. This was the charge of blasphemy that they would use against him in the trial amongst the chief priests. Jesus, they knew, is claiming to be God, and now it is very much public as we read in our scripture today. In fact, when we think about the mysteries of our faith, there is a quite a scandalous way of looking at it, in a sense that, in the second sense of the word, the scandal of the incarnation, the fact that God would lower himself to become one of us. The Jews wanted to see the prodigies of, that God wrought with the Israelites when, he, when they were in Egypt, they wanted to see the cloud that went forth in front of the Israelite people in the desert. They wanted to see the Red Sea parted. They wanted to see signs and wonders of such magnitude that no one would ever doubt that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. But of course, what our Lord is calling them to is faith. 
Faith that something even more miraculous has occurred, that the Lord has come down to our level, has deigned to become part of his creation in order to sanctify it, to make it holy, to redeem it. And of course, there's the scandal of the cross. Jesus came to conquer sin, not through an army of angels, not through a display of tremendous power, but in the humility of allowing himself to be crucified, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, through, him, through whom all things were made, deign not to sit on a crown of gold, but hang on the throne of a cross and to be crowned with a crown of thorns, to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins, to conquer sin and death through uniting himself to our flesh and laying that life down for us. Who could believe that God would lower himself to experience death? That the Son of God would even deign himself worthy or enough to lower, or lower himself to be allowed to be crucified, to be whipped, to be beaten, to be ridiculed? Is that something that we think God deserves? It seems it's a, it's a very difficult thing to grasp when we really come to think about it, how wonderful this truth really is. And of course, he rises from the dead. And founds the church, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we also see the scandal of the church. The church which stands opposed to sin. Which stands opposed to the way of man. To the ways of the world. We see even how our Lord not only has lowered himself to be crucified, but he also lowers himself to become our very food in the Eucharist. And through the church and through the ministry of the church, this Miraculous sacrament becomes present on this altar today through the ministry of holy orders. That God lowers himself again in the church and in his sacraments, and most especially in the Eucharist. No, it's no wonder why, as Christians, that we are opposed by the world. That we are seen as oddballs. We are seen as judgmental. That we are seen as not even sane. We see this in the public forum each and every day. 
that if even if an athlete gives glory to God for winning a basketball game, that person is ridiculed or set aside or not even paid attention to. That public displays of faith are seen as weird, not conforming with our culture, somehow passe. Because as we see, that inclination to sin, that, that concupiscence that inhabits all of us, that we see if it's unchecked through the grace of the Holy Spirit, we see that man is so willing to hand himself over to his passions. And in so doing, resists any attempt to correct that way of life, that any other way of life other than the life of the passions becomes abhorrent because in the back of the people, back of the minds of the people who pursue their passions on a daily basis, there's a little voice in the back of their mind. There's that voice of conscience which convicts them And when the truth is presented to them through the church, through the witnesses of faithful Catholics, this is where persecution comes from. Today on Passion Sunday, as we begin this sort of deeper reflection on the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ, we are being called to Repent of those times in which we have conformed ourselves to the world, in which we too have conformed ourselves, unfortunately, to the ways of the world, to reflect even more deeply on our need for salvation, that our need for God's grace. So we are strengthened in the faith that we have been given to continue to be that light in the world that Christ asks each of us to be. So that those who do live according to the ways of the world, once they have gotten over the anger and pain of being convicted of sin, might come to know Jesus Christ and Him crucified. that we too are being asked to persevere in our faith, to persevere through persecution, ridicule, that we would persevere in the grace of Christ because we know that he is the, truth, the way, the truth, and the life. So that hopefully through our witness, those who see our way of life as strange or different or odd might come to know that this is the true way to live, the right way to live, the reasonable way to live, the way that brings us joy, happiness, and fulfillment. Because when we allow Christ to live and breathe in us, 
we live truly, rightly. So let's ask our Lord today to help us to continue to persevere in our faith, to persevere in Him, to not allow persecution or ridicule to deter us, but allow it only to strengthen our resolve to continue to be that light to the world so that all may come to know our Lord and Savior. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.